This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The glossing detangler and perfect conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hey guys, it's Alana and you're listening to Seeing Other People Unfiltered. Each Thursday on Unfiltered, I'll be bringing on a different anonymous guest to open up about their real life dating experiences. We'll discuss what they went through or are going through, how they navigated it, what they've learned and what advice they have to anyone else going through something similar. Unfiltered is your reminder that no matter what you're going through, you're not alone. If you have a topic that you'd like to discuss on Unfiltered, please email your story to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com to be considered for an episode. Real people, real stories, real life. This is Seeing Other People Unfiltered. Seeing Other People Unfiltered is presented by Mindset Wellness CBD. Their happy gummies and their calm gummies cured my dating anxiety, and I am so grateful. You should try them. You need to try them. Don't take my word for it. See for yourself. Head to MindsetWellness.com. Fill up your cart with those happy gummies to take before a date and the calm gummies to take after a date, and use code seeing other people at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. So I am anonymous. I am 28 years old, and in case you can't tell from the accent, I am from Scotland, um, and I am here to... Yeah, talk about trying to date really for the first time since kind of being a mid to late teenager um, as a result of kind of a series of um, yeah health issues and kind of personal issues um, over the last kind of 10 or so years. 
Yeah. Well, first of all, I just can't thank you enough for being here. And I know we'll get into all the details, but when I read your email, I, I mean, first and foremost, like you've been through so much and and we'll get into all of that, but, um, I just can only imagine how strong of a person that makes you. And secondly, I am so appreciative that you were open to coming on and sharing what you've been through and, and talking about it. And yeah, I'm just, I'm really grateful that there are people like you out there who are willing to talk about the difficult things they've been through. Um, cause you're not the only one who's gone through them and that, that yeah. is why we're here. Um, yeah. yeah. So, okay. You mentioned since, um, uh, that these health issues and, and personal issues started, uh, when you were a teenager. So what do you want to kind of paint a picture of like what first happened and, and where that set you on a path of? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I was diagnosed with a chronic illness when I was about 16 years old. Um, you know, prior to that, I had had some anxiety issues and, um, you know, there have been some family situations like parents being divorced, the kind of things that can sometimes, you know, impact um, your kind of development. Um, so, yeah, I hadn't been very well for about a year and a half. Um, and I got diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, ME. Um, and that kind of really impacted my last kind of year of high school. And then, yeah, when I turned 18, about three weeks after my 18th birthday, I got diagnosed with cancer as well. So on top of that, that was quite a lot to kind of deal with and and kind of knocked me out, I suppose, of the expected kind of path that you take, like go through school and then you go to like college, university and and on to job. So at 18, um, yeah, I went through quite a, a traumatic experience, I suppose, and it did kind of knock me out of the kind of social circles and things that, that you kind of would have expected to be in or hoped to be in at that stage. Yeah, um, absolutely. For those who are unfamiliar, can you explain what a chronic illness is, like what it means to be chronically ill, and also specifically what your chronic fatigue consisted of? Yeah, so... Chronic illness is a long-term illness. Um, my particular experience with with a chronic fatigue, um, I mean, yeah, I've, I've, I've been ill for, for 12 years. There's no guarantee that I will make a full recovery. Uh, I was looking up this, um, looking this up last night, actually. It's only 5% of people would claim that they make a full recovery back to where they were before they were diagnosed. But there is about 40% of people who do improve. So there is kind of hope that you can, with this particular condition, you can kind of improve. Yeah, basically, I just have a, has a massive impact on my energy levels, but also kind of leads to kind of brain fog. And um, yeah, I have to kind of really pace my life to be able to do the things that I want to do. Um and all the things I have to do, obviously, as well. So I need to, to consider, yeah, how I go about my day-to-day life in order to to live, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And how was that for you when, obviously, you're already dealing with that? And again, you were already dealing with um, stuff from your parents' divorce and, and just how it had you feeling. And then getting this diagnosis that you had cancer. And you're at such a young age too, and you already had so much on your plate. Like, what did that feel like to you? Like, what were your fears surrounding that? Um, my biggest fear at the time was 
actually that I could lose my voice. So the the um, particular cancer that I had had a really good success rate. Um, I think actually it was like 99.9% chance that this is not coming back within 40 years. So obviously you take confidence from that, you, you'd be crazy not to, but there was a surgical risk that like, the vocal cords could be damaged. And I'm, like, I've got a singing background, a musical theatre background. It's something that I love to do. So, you know, at, at 18, the thought that that would be wiped out, that possibility would be wiped out was quite scary. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this obviously speaks as well to the kind of the fuller picture that actually <laughs> I was quite positive about having a cancer diagnosis because perhaps that explained why I hadn't been well because I was reluctant to kind of accept that I had the chronic illness and that this was going to be something for the rest of my life yeah. but actually perhaps this was n instead of a long-term thing it was like a short-term situation which could be surgically removed some treatment follow-up and then you know a way and live your life kind of thing right. um so there was a slightly strange emotional kind of reaction around the time um because there was that fear but also positivity hope I suppose that you know somebody who had not really been well for a period of time this was the problem it was this it wasn't something else so um, I would say that actually the real kind of like emotional response to it um, happened when I didn't get well, you know, so after I got told that I was in remission, I was all clear um, and then my health spiraled down the way, that's when the emotional kind of triggers really set in and it was, um, you know, whether it could be described as a kind of post-traumatic stress type situation um and yeah I was really not very well at that point um mentally and physically so um that was maybe even approaching like the year anniversary kind of thing so it was that was the most challenging part I would say yeah I'm sure and that sucks to finally have this glimmer of hope and then have it be taken away and then what are you left with you know like yeah I mean you're you're left with having to except that you're chronically ill yeah um and for a little bit of context as well um perhaps by complete chance or we may find that there is some sort of genetic kind of disposition but my, my dad also has the same chronic illness and, and has had it for the majority of my life so um I kind of witnessed somebody living with it so that kind of you know um well, develops your impression of what it means to have that condition. You know, I'm not my dad, my dad's not me, so the circumstances are different, but um, I didn't want to be ill like that. So, yeah, yeah that, was, that was quite a challenging um, kind of mental headspace to kind of, kind of get work around, really. Yeah, yeah definitely. So this all started at least with the chronic illness It started in high school. And I know in your email, you mentioned you had a high school girlfriend um, yeah. and you broke up with her when you first started to struggle with all of this. I'm curious, did she know you were struggling with this or how did that decision to break up unfold? And at the time, like, 
were you glad you did it? Did you regret it and wish you had her to help you through it? Like what happened in that relationship? Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right. All right. I know that everyone has their hands up and I get it. I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off farmer-owned, Vermont-grown Sunset Lake CBD. Brave the uncomfortable. Those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety-inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive-compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned in therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started Presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a Presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone, Presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated, and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years, and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from. And if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeing other people. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating, and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for 
for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across and I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Yeah, so I probably started to struggle just before we started kind of dating. Um, it's kind of unfortunate because it'd probably been like my best year at school. You know, I think things were kind of, you know, you kind of gotten over the anxiety, the kind of social issues, you were kind of part of the group and all that kind of stuff. And um, we'd been chatting for a little while and kind of went on a couple of dates and then um, they became Facebook official, as was obviously the the huge significance at the time huge um, deal huge deal yeah um so yeah sh- she was aware but not really specifically about what was going on because I would say that well actually I ended it before I had the official diagnosis um so being able to actually try and explain what was going on wasn't really possible because I didn't really know myself um and if I'm honest and and I, I I'm not really I'm not gonna say that I'm not proud of it, but I don't think I really gave enough consideration to the situation at the time of making the decision. So I think, you know, I was perhaps slightly triggered by the fact that um well, I've got the same conditions as my dad. His relationships have, have failed, so I can't have a relationship. Or simply thinking, you know, I'm not able to really, you know, be a, a good boyfriend. And, you know, throughout the summer when we were kind of going out and doing things, you know, it was quite limited in what we were able to do, the places we were able to go. And um, quite often she was just coming over like, to the house because I had to like to sit and watch a film or something because my energy was was limited. Um, like we, you know, spoke again, you know, afterwards, we, we kind of had some form of kind of friendship relationship kind of within my last year of school and we're actually in touch um, during the pandemic because there was a wee kind of school reunion thing that, that we did that, and it wasn't awkward or anything. It was just, it was nice to kind of catch up and, um yeah I think I I just was I don't know concerned and and preoccupied by what I was going through rather than actually really taking into consideration 
that she might be okay with it. You know, like she might actually be happy to support and be doing these kind of um, low-key things. And if I was to kind of, you know, start to get a bit better, then, you know, you can, can move forward in that regard. But I was, yeah, I was very preoccupied with what it meant for me, um, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. I mean, I think that makes complete sense. And you're also really young. And like you said, you had seen your dad's marriage not work out and his relationships kind of fail in a sense. And as a kid, you're like, oh, well, he's felt this way and this has happened to him. And now I'm feeling these things. I don't really know what's going on, but if he can't do it, I probably can't either. And I don't know what's wrong with me, but something is. And why would this person want to deal with that? And I'm asking too much of her to not go do these things and these activities Mm. and stuff. And yeah, it's a really, really tough situation to be in. And it makes complete sense. I think that you needed time to just kind of figure out what was going on. Um, I'm curious, once you were in remission, I know you still like the, the fatigue wasn't that wasn't, that problem wasn't solved, but, um, what at that point held you back or was kind of like the main factor of you saying like, okay, this one thing has been resolved, but this other thing hasn't. And I still can't move forward with my life. I can't go out there and date. I can't do these things that I had hoped to do. It just was not an option. Um, for the first, like, three or four months after remission I was essentially housebound you know at my um my physical health really was lower than it had ever been and my mental health was down there with it really you know it was um it was quite uh yeah it it was a very challenging time and and I had to rely a lot on the support of my parents um and friends who would who would come and visit and things like that. So really the idea of, you know, even kind of really getting to know new people was was mm-hmm. it was just so far away from my, you know, my reality really. Um I probably after a few months sort of started talking to somebody that I knew from school and um it just so happened that like she was moving for uni and like so nothing happened nothing was able to happen for, for at that point but yeah the I actually couldn't even tell you if like dating apps and things like that existed at that time I know it's not that, that long ago but I just wasn't really aware of these things and wasn't really seeing it as a priority um as I say you know like the the thought of going like from the age of 18 and in the UK, obviously you can, you can go out and drink and you can go to to clubs and things like that. So even the thought of that was so far from my mind, like, so opportunities to meet people were um, non-existent really. Um, Certainly for, certainly for a full kind of year after, after remission. Um, Yeah. 
Yeah. Was it hard for you to not only like know that that was far away for you, but to see your friends that you had like moving forward with their lives, maybe meeting people like, was that, did that kind of bring up thoughts in your mind of like, oh, like I want this thing so badly or like, oh, that's just never going to happen. Do you feel like you're at a crossroads in your love life? Maybe you're in the thick of modern dating or you're wondering if the person you're with is your person. Whatever your situation, I have the perfect podcast for you. It's called Dateable, your insider's look into modern dating, hosted by Julie Krafchick and Yue Shu. They talk about it all, from why you're choosing the wrong partner and how to stop, to how to actually go from matching on the app to getting on a date, to securing your anxious attachment and everything in between. Julie and Yue have been on Seeing Other People, and I've been a guest on their podcast too, so if you're looking for a great starting point, check out my episode of Dateable, season 15, episode 10, Is It Chemistry or Anxiety? Guys, this podcast is incredibly relatable, insightful, and oftentimes hilarious. Wherever you start, Dateable will help you feel inspired to date differently and create a love life that works for you. You can subscribe and listen to episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts every Wednesday and Sunday. So check out Dateable and thank me later. Um, I think definitely there would have been an element of I want this as well, you know, but I think even not obviously not just in the sense of dating and relationships, but in the sense of, well, I would like to be studying again. I would like to be working. I would like to, you know, be out doing things, even just with friends, never mind, you know, actually relationships and things like that. So yeah. Um yeah, there was there was a lot of um I don't know, frustration could be a, a word to kind of to describe it really. I would say that that has kind of fluctuated over the last 10 years. You know, there's been times when I haven't really bothered too much about it. I've tried not to compare myself to others, like for the reasons I kind of said earlier, where, you know, you're kind of knocked out of your normal path of what you're kind of well not your normal path but like society's expectation yeah. of you know where you should be at stages in your life and um yeah there's been times when I've not bothered too much and there's been times when I've thought all right okay that's my friend starting to get engaged and get married and you know their life is really moving on and you know I am here's me the the chronic third wheel as well you know so there's elements of that of course yeah how did your friends approach it like approach them moving on and and you being in in your situation like did they make you feel in like involved and included or like in just in general how did they handle the whole situation um amazingly at first and and I'm not saying that with with the kind of like temptation or with the kind of um you know, at first, being as I thought, all suddenly changed. Yeah, they, well, they, they were hugely supportive. They would try and include me in as many things as possible. Um, you know, certainly while I was kind of going through the, the kind of treatment process and they could see how positive I was being about moving forward with my life, that was easier for them, obviously, to kind of, kind of go with the positivity. Um, yeah, I, th- I think there's a certain acknowledgement that when you start saying no to things, 
because you can't do things, you stop getting asked. Um, and I've been very fortunate in my life that I have a relatively small but very strong group of friends and people who have been in my life for a number of years. And I also have been lucky that, you know, other people have, have come in at, at different times when maybe I'm ready to move on in my life to an extent and they come in and bring a kind of new energy and a new support and a new and, and new opportunities. And um yeah, actually to, to be completely honest, like I've not had a, I've not really had a conversation with, you know, I've got I've got a friend who I've known but apparently the first time we met was um like when I was two weeks old and he was six weeks old. So this Aww. is somebody who, you know, has like been part of my life the whole time. You know, I've I've not he he was a hugely amazing support um at the time of my illness. He dropped out a little bit. Um he had some things that were happening in his personal life. And I think there was a slight frustration that, you know, he was trying to help and and I wasn't necessarily able to receive the help that was being offered but he's back in my life again now and you know we're just like back to the kind of usual way of being but yeah no I I mean to be be fair he actually did say to me um, maybe just a few months ago that what I said you know that when you say no to things we stop asking you so I'm trying now, I suppose, at this stage to as much as possible say yes, because there was an acknowledgement from him that, you know, it means that then when you say no, we realise that, you know, things are not good. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, that is such a difficult thing. And I think whether it's dealing with an illness or dealing with just being the only single person in the friend group, I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to, where if you say no to certain things or like you don't want to be a third wheel every time or you don't have the energy to go out you don't feel well whatever it is yeah then people will start assuming oh this person is never going to come they don't want to come and then they stop inviting you and then you're like wait where like why don't why am I not included anymore and it's it's this really big like push and pull thing where like you I think the like a really important thing to say to your friends in that situation if anyone who's listening is going through something like this is like I might say no nine out of 10 times, but I still want to feel like I'm included, like I'm a part of something and I want to know what's going on. And even if that, even if I I can't say yes, 99% of the time, that 1% that I can will be amazing for me. So like, please continue to reach out and invite me. Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent, I would, totally agree with that because even the boost that you receive from knowing that people are thinking about you you know they're, mm-hmm. they're considering you still as part of the friendship group because even you know if people are thinking that they're actually in a way being kind by not inviting you because they realize that you might not be able to come to this or it might be disappointing for you that you know you're not able to do it and therefore by not offering it you're not having to experience disappointment is not quite how it works really when you're the person that you know is is getting to say yes or no um 
I have on many occasions said yes to things that I wasn't up for doing because I wanted to go, I wanted to do it, and I was really glad that I did. So, I mean, if somebody's thinking, well, you know, oh, well, they won't be able to do it, well, it doesn't give me the opportunity to try. And yeah. I think that's that's a big a big thing. And it's a big thing, actually, just for me in this whole, you know, stepping into dating process of actually just wanting to try and see what, um, you know, what is life like for me dating? Because it's not, you know, happened up until now. And um, can I cope with going on dates physically? You know, yeah. um, what kind of, you know, toll will it take on me or will it actually just be, you know, something that I'm able to take to quite quite um, easily in the sense of, you know, it's not too physically taxing and things like that. So it's that's all part of the kind of process of being at least provided the option to 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 do things. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, going back to to that idea, it's like it's better to feel disappointed that you can't do something than to feel alone and disappointed yeah, yeah. that you didn't even know about it and didn't get the chance to say, I can't come. Yeah, For sure. absolutely. And, and a, a very small aside on that as well, like I've gotten into the habit over recent years of like buying tickets to things that I want to go and see fully in the knowledge that I might not be able to go, but if I don't have the ticket, I can't go, you know? Yeah. So can always pass it on to someone else someone else can go at last minute if if needs be but yeah you need the invite to be able to go to something you need the ticket to be able to go to something so yeah it's it's something to consider certainly absolutely and and you know what I love that you're doing that and and we'll get way more into the dating stuff but I think even that just says so much about you and about what you do want and about what you're going to put your heart and your energy into because it shows that like, yeah, you really have this drive and this desire to go do these things and to buy the concert ticket, even if you might not be able to go. And I just think that that really does say a lot about like your personality and, and what's in your heart. And I think that's something that if dating ends up being difficult, I think that's something that like sharing that piece of information about yourself um, miss your whole story and what you've been through and what you're going through. Like that's something I think that will shine brighter and like bring, like be more memorable, you know, and like be what somebody thinks about the fact that like, that is your character and that is what you want to do and what you do. do. Yeah. No, well, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. I know you mentioned in your email that you did end up downloading dating apps for the first time last summer. Um, I know that something really big happened before that too, which we haven't gotten to yet. Um, uh, So my question is like, obviously I want to get into that story, um, but going into like 26, 27, like where was your headspace at? What was going on physically? And like, were you at that point? Like, yeah, I'm going to put try and see if I can do this or when did that all unfold and and then um of course what ended up happening yeah so the um whole pandemic situation was obviously hugely challenging for a a large number of people and I was no different in that um 
I would say I got actually quite a boost at the start of it because people suddenly were online communicating and that meant that a lot of my friends actually had more time to speak to me and things like that which did give me a kind of uh, a timely boost because I would say maybe 2019 wasn't a very good year for me um I'm not going to say that I just to kind of contrast with with what we were just talking about you know I'm not going to say that I had given up hope of getting better but I was certainly kind of struggling with the fact again the length of time and, and different things like that um, and that's when actually I got into the mindset of let's start buying the tickets, let's start making the effort to, to kind of do the things and, and, and take it from there. But after the kind of first few months um, of the pandemic, when people started to kind of get back to normal life and then you weren't having the Zoom calls, you weren't having the, the quizzes or the week kind of whatever, and all like my appointments, which were are were kind of like the main reason to leave the house. We're all online as well. Um, I wasn't really in a, a great place. So kind of is relevant, obviously, to, to kind of go into the, to the next part of the conversation as well, that um, my brother's health has had really not been good from about 2015 onwards. Um, and he actually sadly passed away last summer. Um, he had had cancer himself and from about September of 2020 onwards we kind of knew that this was kind of like almost like it was a matter of time almost you know they, they were no longer able to like suppress the tumour it was just a matter of um, prolonging life so um, about a month or so before um, he passed away, uh, he had like the big brother chat with me. Um, and, you know, he was he was talking about, like for me to try and find ways to maybe improve my life situation, you know, to think of ways that's really from the angle of, I suppose, like when our parents get older and things like that, that I'm able to kind of, be there for them and but also that he just wanted me to get the most out of my life as well like he had done um himself even in the kind of six years when he wasn't well um so yeah one of the things that I took from that was well I'd quite like to you know maybe have someone else in my life you know have some kind of start to have these kind of experiences with, with dating and you know maybe meet somebody you kind of get um different kind of chat you know get to know different people get different experiences just kind of um yeah kind of live a bit because I've been so like restricted and, and kind of um you know my yeah way of life really uh, I'm not necessarily going to say as much as I felt like I was existing rather than living but there was certainly a, an element of that so really um Really, I went into it because of that conversation, um, which may well mean that I went into it before I was really ready to start dating myself. But I had a reason for doing it. I had a certain motivation for doing it and therefore was kind of willing to put up with the 
madness of it all at the start really you know because there was a, a purpose for doing it it wasn't just you know let's just see you know how it goes there was like okay let's see how it goes but we're doing this because um it's it's something that uh, it's an experience that might be enriching you know and and uh, um yeah <laughs> hard to actually know really what kind of what to say but th there was certainly an element of yeah not necessarily I wasn't necessarily ready to just start but I did you know so yeah <laughs> yeah well I'm I'm so sorry about your brother but I do love that he kind of gave you this purpose and what not just with approaching dating but just approaching mm. kind of the way you wanted to live your life and and he gave you I think that push that you probably really needed especially at that time um what was this madness like getting <laughs> on dating apps for the first time at 27 yeah um on dating apps first time at 27 with like no pictures from <laughs> like the last two or three years and um, not really knowing what to say about yourself um, when you're setting up the profile. Um, I've seen, uh, I, I mean, it could be like Instagram posts or TikToks of, of people saying, you know, sometimes I forget that dating apps are not just a game where you swipe through people's pictures, you know, they're actually, you're meant to speak to people and you're meant to kind of like have communication. Um, but yeah, all of a sudden you're you're swiping, you've just got all these profiles coming up and it's like, all right, okay. Um, oh, I know that one, and then you know different things like that. And yeah, it, it's quite a. It's quite. It was quite a step into the unknown, to be honest. Um, that's that's certainly one way of putting it. Um, and yeah, I did have I did have some advice from friends. Um, actually, only knew about one of the apps at the start and then a friend of mine said oh no these ones maybe are a little bit better and I did have the experience one night of my phone screen being beamed up onto the television um, oh my for God. my friends yeah to, <laughs> I love that. To, to go through and swipe some profiles for me and tell me whether my prompts were um, good enough or funny enough or whatever um, so yeah, that was that was that was a good laugh. It was a bit embarrassing, obviously. Um, no, those are those are good friends. That's something that I think every friend needs to do for their friend. Everybody should be airplaying their friend's phone <laughs> to the TV and helping them swipe and helping them fix their profile because almost everyone's yeah. profiles need fixing. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'm quite sure that like however many months I'm into it now, it still needs fixing. But I certainly appreciated like their their input because I mean you don't get responses from people saying like on the dating apps saying oh maybe you could say this about yourself you know like you're you're relying on other people who you have to actually show like in right. your life is this is this good is this funny is or is this um giving too much information or is it you know just the right enough uh, like almost like teasing something so that maybe someone will ask your question or whatever and um yeah no I do appreciate the help that it was it was funny at the time but um yeah I as I say you know I'm I'm, I'm lucky to have like 
a good group of friends and they certainly they certainly did help me with that so yeah absolutely well I love I love that you have them um okay so you're swiping I like I like how you kind of compared it to a video game because it really yeah. does seem like that especially like the first time it's like oh my god there's just endless profiles and people and pictures yeah. and what do I do with it? it's like you have to learn and anytime you start playing any video game, you have to learn the characters. You have to learn like what special moves each person has and, and how to get to the next level. And so I know you said you weren't, you, you got onto them before you were really ready. Um, at what point did you eventually like really have conversations with people or start getting to know people on the apps and maybe like getting towards a date? I would say, first of all, just that the other thing that doesn't help is the free trial because there's no like limit on the number of people you can swipe for in a day and things like that. So it's even more intense in the first kind of short period of time. And so that, that's not necessarily the most like realistic beginning. Um, yeah, the first person I spoke to actually was somebody that I had known from um, when I'd managed to, to do um, some additional studying like a few years earlier um and yeah it was slightly awkward because I think I just kind of matched with them because I'm thinking like here's somebody that I know that can have a little bit of a laugh about the fact that you know I have no idea what's going on here and things like that and um yeah uh, I, I don't know if there was maybe a different feeling on the other the other side of the the kind of phone but um yeah, um, had a few kind of of the usual couple of day conversations and then um, never hear from the person again. And most of the communication, if not all, actually was, was on Tinder. I think partly because, um, I don't know if the numbers are higher for people who are, are, using, are using that app. Um, or if I just wasn't being, you know, um, wasn't standing out enough when I was responding to prompts on on Hinge or or Bumble, um, but yeah, um, started having you know quite a, a long conversation with somebody in around kind of November time was the kind of first proper kind of conversation that I would that I would say that I had with somebody. Um, so yeah, it was a, a a couple of months at least into to starting it before you know I thought all right actually here's somebody that you know I'm I'm talking to there's there's seemingly like a bit of interest on both sides and you know let's kind of panic now you know we <laughs> almost you know it's it's time to actually um, yeah to see to see what's going to happen um, yeah and that that kind of conversation lasted for about two and a half months and. Um, just kind of isn't happening anymore, which is obviously another seemingly part of the dating experience. It just fizzled um, out, or you just didn't hear from her again, or what? I just just didn't hear from her again. Um, I should like with obviously without going into any specifics or detail, like, any specific detail, just say like she was dealing with a lot in our life at that time and was very open and honest with me, which actually helped me to be quite open with her about you know some of the situations that we've discussed um possibly 
that had something to do with it. Um, I, I don't know. You know, it's it's a difficult part of you know the the dating app experience is that you know you you can speak to somebody for quite a long period of time and then suddenly they just get kind of cut out from their life and um yeah it's something that i don't know that anybody really gets used to but certainly something that i'm aware that does happen oh absolutely i think though unfortunate and disappointing that that did happen i am really glad that you had this connection with this person and this conversation where she was opening up to you and that made you feel comfortable opening up to her because i think when people are have like gone through a lot and they start dating they are so afraid of like okay when am i going to open up to somebody how am i going to do it and then they go through dating for so long not really letting themselves get close to someone because they don't they're afraid to have that conversation. And so that still might happen for you. And that's completely, completely valid and justified. And I completely understand that. But I think having this early on experience where you were able to open up to somebody and share everything you just shared with me with them, I think that set you off on a like a really good and hopeful start. And the fact that you had this positive experience sharing it. And it's not like, that's when she stopped responding to you, you know, like you were able to no, be open and honest with each other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, so I was thinking about this earlier, you know, I think a lot of the time when something is like appears negative, you're very quick to focus on the negatives rather than taking the positives out of the situation. And there were plenty of positives in that two and a half months of conversation, you know, and um absolutely you know there was amazing responses to some of the things that that I was kind of you know telling her about myself and you know I would I'd like to think that part of that is because of how I was responding to what she was telling me as well that she felt comfortable to tell me so then I felt comfortable to tell her and and there was certainly like a connection developed kind of um over that period of time and um you know I've I, I do have quite a few things to be telling people about some that you know you can wait and you don't have to you know like reveal about yourself in the first conversation or anything like that but yeah. there are others where like you know if I'm going to meet up with somebody like on a date it is kind of relevant to say to them you know well actually I've got quite a severe food allergy so if we're going for to eat something then we need to consider um where we're going to go and that was one of the things that 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 her response was amazing about because she started off saying that might be a deal breaker for me because she eats a lot of the things that I'm allergic to but Mm -hmm. then I actually sent her an article about uh, dating someone with a food allergy I think like the subheading to that was when the first kiss can be fatal right so that was quite you know quite dramatic um but she read that and she took that information in and then started saying things like so I'll just think about how I store this food and I'll just think about making sure I don't eat it before I see you and um the conversation started because we were talking about um like 
things we like to eat and, and she likes to bake things and, and she was wanting to make me something. And I'm like, well, you need to know that I've got an allergy. Um, and then she was looking through her recipe book, trying to find recipes that didn't have the, the thing that I'm allergic to in it. And I was like, that's amazing. I really I appreciate that. that. Yeah, it's incredible. And, you know, I think obviously a huge other topic um, is how people kind of, you know, create this impression of a person before they really get to know them. I would say that I certainly did that to an extent with this with this girl, but that was one of the things that made me realise, you know, actually you are, you know, you, certainly a part of what I think about you. You've shown me that that you can, um, I don't know, be compassionate, whatever, be kind, be, you know, considerate of, you know, somebody else. And, and she actually said, she said to me, basically, you know, it's not your fault that you have a food allergy. That's not, you didn't choose to have that. So it's just something to consider. And I mean, if I was to get another response like that, obviously I'd be thrilled as well because it's a big deal. Um, and, you know, with my health as well, like, it seems like every second profile on dating apps, it's people that want to go for hikes, they want to climb mountains, they want to go skiing, and they want to do all these really active things. I'd love to be able to do that, you know, but it's just not my reality just now. It's not to say that I can't do that in the future, you know. Um, well, let me, t- let me tell you one thing. As someone who has seen thousands of dating app profiles, I'd say 85% of the people who say like on a weekend, they're going for a hike. They're saying Mm. that to sound cool and outdoorsy and adventurous. They are not actually (laughs) doing that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I can can, can, can certainly believe that. Yeah. Um, But it sets that impression, you know, so for for me going into it new thinking, oh, there's all these really active people, you know, um, you need to kind of let somebody know that, well, my health kind of limits, you know, my ability to do certain things and it's like slightly restrictive. Um, but yeah, there are there are other things that, there are other things about me that I don't need to tell early on and there are some that I do. I actually also told this particular person um, about my brother, which was a big deal for me. Um so that yeah, something else to be able. That's, I think it's the only person I've spoken to that I have kind of mentioned um, that to, and, and you know, actually listened to the episode of your podcast um, about dealing with you know the loss of a, a loved one, dating loss of a loved one, and you know, I can certainly like, agree that you know the response was very like genuine. Like I'm so sorry to hear that, and that that is like the the minimum standard really that you would hope for. Um, and yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I could go into talking about other aspects of my conversation with this person. I don't know whether it would be relevant or helpful to anybody other than myself. But yeah, there were certainly lots of um, positives to take out of that experience. Um, one massive one being helping me to deal with the loss of my brother um and yeah look I mean if I was to hear from her again randomly as as like suddenly as she stopped talking to me if she's if she messaged me again obviously I would be happy 
partly because actually knowing what she was going through, I'd be quite glad to hear how she is, you know. I think when it's something I was thinking the other day, you know, there must be so many people walking around with knowledge about other people that they're no longer speaking to and wondering, you know, how they're doing. And that's obviously like part of, you know, I mean, if you've been in a relationship with somebody for a number of years and then you're no longer in a relationship, you know all about them, you know everything yeah. about them, you know their friends and their family and you're cut off from it. And it might sound a bit crazy to suggest that after two and a half months that I would feel as strongly as that. And I'm not saying that I necessarily do, but I know a lot about this person. I know a lot about her friends. I know a lot about her family um, from what she's told me and a lot about the situation that she's going through. So it's this like, almost like a loss as well yeah. um and I would say that there's a certain amount of attachment of my grief that's kind of on that conversation stopping um as well so um yeah it it was hugely positive I'm very grateful for the conversation and that's one aspect of signing up for dating apps that I was like, you know, um, keen to have, you know, was meeting and talking to new people. And um, it just randomly happened to be that this person that I wasn't actually supposed to chat to because I'd changed my age preferences but forgot to do it on one of the apps. And then this person appears and stuff. And you've got loads in common. And there's things that she had in common with my brother that were quite you know spooky in certain respects and um it was a conversation at a time where like I was struggling because it was the 10 year anniversary of my cancer diagnosis and then it was approaching Christmas and the holiday season without you know my brother and um to be able to be sitting up till three in the morning on Christmas day having a conversation with somebody about grief and about you know um family dramas and things like that you know it was it was something that I was hugely appreciative of so um certainly not certainly not wasted time um, yeah. yeah yeah I really appreciate how much positive you were able to take out of this experience because it's so easy for us to say like oh well we talked for two and a half months and then they ghosted me and it's like you talked for two and a half months and you gained all of these things. You learned all these things about yourself through it. You learned these things about life and about human connection and about dating. And I, I mean, I completely agree with what you said about how it's so crazy to think about how many people walking around, like know so much about these other people's worlds that, and these people don't talk to them anymore. And it is, I think one of the most fascinating and, and almost like heartbreaking con like concepts and things that come with dating. Um, but it is unfortunately a part of that, but I will say like with everything that you shared with her and how she responded, I think for you and for anyone else who has anything to share, which is, is truly like almost everyone is the one thing I've learned from doing this podcast. Like everyone has something really heavy behind the scenes. When you do share these things with somebody their response and how they approach it with their words, with their actions, that says so much about them. And mm. there will be people who don't respond in a positive way, who don't respond in a way that makes you feel good. But you know, then you know, that's not the right person for you. You know, yeah. that someone who's not 
willing to like go on a first date at a certain restaurant or not eat a certain thing that you're allergic to before a date, you know that that person is totally not right for you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, yeah I ahead. think with, without like seemingly taking the negative from it is that the slight disappointment is then when you feel that you've got these positive responses from somebody and then suddenly you don't hear from them anymore. Yeah. You know, now I am, because of my experiences, fully understanding of, of when, you know, somebody is going through a really shit time, yeah. you know, you have to, you know, sometimes accept that maybe it's not you that, 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 that why they're acting the way they're acting or whatever, or you know, why they've responded the way they've responded. There's, there's stuff going on. And, um, yeah, like, yeah, I'm just, you know, um, still processing it a little bit, if I'm being completely honest. Um, it's not that long ago, really. Um, yeah. But and considering, you know, the lack of kind of experiences over the years for a kind of, in some regards, like first experience of, you know, the kind of dating world, um, to be not at all what I was expecting or necessarily hoping for. You know, the fact that actually, because of the circumstances, we didn't actually meet in person. You know, we spoke on the phone, we messaged a lot and things like that, but we weren't able to actually meet in person, yet, you know, so much about them. And you're kind of from, you know, for quite a little while of the conversation process, waiting to meet, but knowing that it's actually for for reasons not possible. Um yeah, it's it's a process that that you know I'm I'm starting to engage in. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> and but you know what, you did the most important thing that you could do that you didn't do for so long is that you started doing it. Yeah. And I'm, i certainly don't regret it. You know, yeah. I, I absolutely do not regret the decision to go on. And and you know for for anybody who is in a similar situation to me and is wondering whether to do it or not, it's actually been quite interesting the knock-on effect it's had in my life. Like I said to you about how 2019 and into the pandemic years wasn't great and I'd kind of slightly given up hope of getting better. Also kind of, you know, stopped really caring about my appearance and you can't not care about your appearance on kind of dating apps. It's kind of a, a significant part of it. So, you know, it, it's made me, um, you know, like even just get my hair cut more regularly, you know, even make sure that like I trim my beard and things like that, you know, and um, I actually, you know, along with the conversation I had with my brother, but also realizing that, you know, approaching dating, um, you kind of need to have things to talk about yourself, you know. So, like, I've I've gone back to start studying again, you know, and and try and move my life forward. And I've made a lot of positive decisions, you know. The conversation I had with this girl kind of over towards the end of last year into the beginning of this year made me start kind of singing again after having not really done so for a period of time. It made me be a bit more creative again. It made me actually have. Um, a certain amount of hope, you know, of improvement. And and maybe there's an element of 
an issue with being reliant on that to spark the the uh, motivation but sometimes it doesn't really matter where the motivation comes from as long as you know it, it's maintained and and um yeah look I, I know that I'm um I know that I'm still going through a lot just now I know that emotionally I'm not obviously not over everything that's happened in the last year and never mind you know beyond that but yeah I'm, I'm in a position where I feel like I'm ready to kind of you know take this kind of step in my life and and see what you know yeah just kind of see what's out there have, have experiences just try and enjoy life a bit more you know I've been so restrictive partly because of my health that has restricted me partly because of my anxiety about my health which has restricted me I feel a bit like you know Ben Stiller and along came Polly where he's like risk analysis stuff and it's just mm-hmm. like you don't make any decisions unless it's going to be all right um so yeah you know it's it's an interesting process it's been an interesting period of time but it's something that I certainly don't have any regrets over yeah well I love that this kind of had that domino effect for you and gave you that motivation and I I mean just from everything you said you you seem like so wonderful and so deserving of all the things you want and that relationship, that love that you want. And I am really grateful that the dating world has been kind to you so far because it's not always kind. And I hope it continues to be kind to you. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, I really, after everything you've been through, it is really like so impressive to see you taking control of your life and doing those things that you want to do. And and taking that step forward. And I mean, even if it took a lot longer than you had wanted it to, even if you're, you know, you're still going through a lot, like you'll, we're all always going through a lot, you know, you're not supposed to get over something or just be okay with it suddenly one day. And, and so I, I just really admire your strength in pushing through all of it and and pushing forward. I appreciate that. And I did just think a couple of thoughts that kind of come to my mind, you know, like, I read something about, um, you know, why are people worried about, you know, starting a new career or a new course at 28, you know, if in four years, it's going to take you four years to do it, well, you're going to be 32 in four years anyway, so why not have a new degree? And also, you know, I am who I am because of the experiences I've had. It might seem strange, but I wouldn't change them because there's been a lot of cool things that I've been able to do that wouldn't have happened to me if I hadn't had the experiences that I've had. Um, I was watching something the other night and said two of the cruelest words in the English language when put together are what if, you know? And you just can't do that to yourself because once you open that can, you know, it's, there's no stop it's no stopping point to how far you go back to say well what if I'd done this when I was six years old you know like what if I didn't find out that I had a food allergy at six years old you know how would that have changed my life I don't know (laughs) absolutely no way of knowing so it's just wasted energy 
although I have wasted energy on it at times. I, oh, I try, haven't we all? Know, yeah, <laughs> I very much try not to now. So, um, but no, I, I, I found that quite an interesting little um, kind of quote. I have no idea where it came from, but I did find that quite interesting. Then, so. That might yeah. be my new favorite quote. Yeah. It's quite, it's I like, actually one, think but... it is. It's so, it's so true. Oh my God. I'm going to do a yeah. whole episode <laughs> on that quote. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad if, if nothing else, I've, I've, I've brought that to the conversation. So <laughs> I'll maybe so, try and so find much. out, I'll find out where it came from if I can. Um, Perfect. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. I know I started out by just saying how grateful I am for you coming on and having this conversation with me, but I really do appreciate it so much. And um, to everyone who listened, thank you so much for tuning in. If you have a friend in mind who you think would benefit from hearing this conversation, absolutely send it their way. Or if you know someone who might know someone, send it their way. Um, yeah, all of this, you know, if it helps one person, it's worth it. So we appreciate it a lot. And yeah, thank you again for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Thank you.